5AA Breakfast. David Penberthy and Will Goodings. Weekdays from 6 till 9 on Adelaide's 5AA. 17 minutes after 8, the third number for postcode payday is 2502 is the start of the postcode when you hear all four digits. Be the first caller through on 8223 And thanks to Adelaide Tools, big job, small job, any job, get it done with Adelaide Tools, you win 200 dollars cash. Since June 2018, there have been 10 separate instances where ankle monitoring bracelets have been offline or there have been performance failures. In only the national one has there been a breach of any sort noted by corrections. But the outages and the number of them, as reported by Hannah Ford on 10 News First Friday, have led the state government to taking action and they've come up with a solution that will mean these outages, we hope, are a thing of the past. Corrections Minister Corey Wingard joins us. Minister, good morning. Good morning. So tell us, what's how does the new bracelet regimen work and, and when will they be in place by? Yep, for sure. As you outlined, the, uh, the legacy system we were left was uh, a one SIM card system, if you like. So when there was a, a, an outage with the telco, uh, that means they would be offline. The new system that we're going to is a two SIM card system. So if, if one uh, telco is, is not operating or there's a problem with one, uh, there is a backup in another. So we're building that redundancy into the system, which we think will give a far improved system and, and a far better system uh, across the board. Separate from the question of outages, Minister, do you have any um, figures uh, or are you able to access figures about how frequently prisoners in South Australia cut these bracelets off themselves? Because it seems to have been happening a bit lately. Yeah, in, the, in the past 12 months, um, 12, there have been 12 tampers, and they're not necessarily full cuts, but when someone does tamper with a bracelet, it sets off an alarm within the system and uh, actions are put into place and, uh, and these people are uh, chased up. Um, and across the board, I think you pointed out in the intro there, Will, that um, during those faults, there was only one breach in that time, which does go to show the system uh, and the redundancies built into the system work well at that level. Depends on who the breach has been done by, I guess, though, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, well, absolutely. You, you never want any breaches. But the, the point probably to make of this as well is the electronic monitoring is one aspect of this system. And across the board, uh, there are other things that go to it. So it's a suite of things that make up so, you know, there will be phone calls made to people regularly and randomly. There will be visits to people's house regularly and randomly. They have to go to their community corrections to, to, to have their meetings or do their their, um, their courses or whatever it might be. So they've got commitments there as well. So they are checked and monitored electronically, yes, and then also uh, with these random calls and random follow-ups. So they don't know when and where they're going to be checked to make sure that this complete suite of systems uh, gets the result that we want. But you are right. We don't want any breaches. The Premier called for a review into the system last year. Has, has that been completed and, and what's that told you? Look, it has. And this was the key The key thing to come out of it was actually building extra redundancy into the system. That is the key facet that we uh, that we needed to address and that's what we're doing. And, and investing uh, you know, taxpayer money in a better system we think is a very smart outcome. Minister, on, on your other hat that you wear, Police. I've uh, got a few. Yeah, you do. You do have many. You do have many. But you would have heard last week we spoke to some hoteliers who yeah. are becoming increasingly um, alarmed and also uh, frustrated about yeah. the response to the thirty-six robberies that have occurred um, at, at uh, hotels around town uh, this year. Mm. Often with the offenders being um, clearly. Um, under the influence of, of methamphetamine, 
What are you doing about this as as minister? Is it getting your full attention? Yeah, absolutely. Can, can I start by saying that um, you, you mentioned the 36. Can, can I say the good work police have done? There have been 20 arrests there. As police minister, very proud of the team and the work they've done that to have 20 arrests. Hmm. And I know through the serious and organised organised crime branch, there has been an increase in resources going into that to address this system. And the commissioner and I have been talking about this uh, throughout this period and making sure that we've got the resources there. As a state government, uh, and this probably didn't get a lot of traction, at the last budget, but we put $52 million into the safety and security of South Australians, and 18.6 of that was for District Policing Model Mark II, which the Police Commissioner had been um, had been pushing for. And what this allows us to do is to, to get more police on the beat doing that proactive policing, and the Commissioner uh, is, is very bullish about this, and we've supported that with the appropriate funding. But we've also put civilians into police stations and extended the opening hours of police stations but that also put more police back on the beat to be doing this work. So we're very, very conscious of that. And when you look at the record of police as well, you know, 59 meth labs were dismantled in the last year, which is some great work from police as well. So police are doing an outstanding job, absolutely. And I think they should be commended for the work they're doing. It, we, we, we think that the police are doing everything they can, but we also sense some frustrations within policing with regard to how drugs and the trafficking of drugs are, are treated in South Australia at the moment. That seems to be a factor in a large number of these incidents involving our hotels, pubs and clubs. Mm. Are police being appropriately supported by the courts? And I guess with your corrections hat on, that we have the capacity to be sending these people away when what is clear is they are out and about and causing mischief and mayhem in, in the community. Yeah, probably two points there. One is, again, we've invested in, in prisons and expanding our prisons. We're building uh, more beds on the Yatla side, uh, 270 beds all up, and more beds for the women's prison side. We've invested $200 million in that to make sure that we have the beds for the courts if they put people out into the jails. We want to make sure we've got them. And we're doing the high-security beds too to make sure that we've got that facility in place. Now, courts are separate to, to me and my portfolio area, but I do watch that very closely. I must say there are times I share your disgust and say, oh, I can't believe the sentence that's been handed down to someone uh, for, for some of the crimes that they've committed. And, and I think, Julie, you raise those points as well. That's not something I can control. At least I do policing. Corrections, I look after them when they come to us and we have to look after them there. But it's the courts that make these decisions. And I, I, know, I know people out there are frustrated. I'm a father as well. I see sometimes situations where I think, wow, you know, um, there could have been a harsher penalty handed down there. And I think people are, feel that as well. And, and that's a decision for the courts. And I, I invite you to you know, speak to the judges that make these decisions. And, and if you don't like them, raise those issues. But from my perspective... Oh, we raise them all right. You know what we'd like to? <laughs> they don't speak to us. And, and we, <laughs> that's right. We, we, you know what else? We would welcome it if you went and rattled on the Attorney General's door and said, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, get them on the air. We... <laughs> well, I'm, not I'm even that. We don't... Forget no, us. No, no. If you re- knock on the door and say, we need to do something about putting these people away, certainly if capacity is no issues you've outlined, that would be welcome. And I do raise that with the Attorney uh, at length, and I'll tell, I'll tell her you're onto her again. But again, I think that's the point. <laughs> police, police are doing a great job, and, and, and the and corrections are doing everything that they can, and, and they... They're handed the people to, to deal with and they have to deal with them accordingly and, and they do a good job there too. Um, and, and the decisions of the courts, again, quite rightly, you raise them in public and, and I think if people aren't happy, uh, you know, that more of that conversation needs to be had and I'll raise them to the attorney in cabinet this morning. <laughs>
Corrections Minister and Police Minister Corey Wingard, thank you for your time. We're getting quite a few texts about that. A lot of them are along these lines as well. Scott from Modbury writes, G'day, boys. Hey, Corey, we don't... Uh, why don't why don't you upgrade the bracelet to what we want, which is a jail cell? And then this one here too, Tony says the foolproof solution to these bracelet issues is to just scrap home detention and make sure that people who are sentenced to time in prison actually spend their time in prison. Yeah. That's, that's the public's take. That's out, certainly the popular the popular view.